Hello, everybody. On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast Football Edition, Kyle and I will be diving into our fantasy mailbag for the first time ever. We'll be discussing the trade deadline coming up next week, along with our starts of the week. Everybody and welcome back to the football edition of the Loose Change Podcast. Kyle, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm feeling freaky. freaky. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, that's the word. We got trade deadline coming up um, on Tuesday. So we're seeing a few trades in the NFL. We got some fancy trades going down with a deadline for that coming up in a month. But let's start with the real football before we dive into fantasy. Today... I want to start with the CMC trade that happened the day of our podcast last week. So San Francisco gets CMC con or not Connor McCaffrey, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey for a second, a third, a fourth and a fifth Kyle. Do you think that's like Crazy. a good return for him from Carolina's a, perspective? Like, so I look at, I think the Panthers did a great job here. And I think it's a scenario where both sides won. Uh, in a sense, like the Panthers, they signed CMC to this huge contract and like realistically thought that they may be a contender, um, which is why they've made some moves over the past couple of years, try to find a quarterback because it really felt like that was their missing piece. And yeah, like they, still they signed them. CMC to this huge bag and then realized that like their team's still poo. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I, I look at the running back position as like a super luxury in the NFL. It's something that I don't think teams need to succeed. And like, yeah, CMC is a rare talent, but you can't afford as a team that like realistically needs to be, have cap flexibility and free agency to make trades, things like that, that you can't be paying a running back like 20 mil a year or whatever his contract was. So I think it was really smart for them to offload him. Yeah. Uh, he's like 26 years old, a little bit injury prone. They had no uh, mid round picks. Like they were super short on picks uh, after moving around the draft board over the past couple of years, trading for like Sam Darnold. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Baker. So yeah, like, I mean, they've traded for two quarterbacks that just didn't work out. So I can't remember how many picks they had, but it just didn't look good for them over like the second through fourth round. So they get a lot of those picks back, offload a big contract. And the 49ers get like a difference maker in a super tight NFC West. Yeah, their Super Bowl odds went from plus 25 down to plus 16. So Vegas is like, oh, you add CMC, you go from a one in 25 chance to a one in 16 chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I mean, he, he looks good when he's healthy. They, he looks like the best uh, running back in the league when he's healthy. Yeah. hundred percent. And even just watching him last weekend, like he was only on for a limited amount of plays, but he's getting like 11 yards of carry. <laughs> like that's what you want in that offense. Absolute difference maker. I, I can tell that the, the package was as reported very high because the Rams in the same division were also trying to get CMC. I heard that the 49ers only got him because they have a fourth that the Rams don't have. The Rams were offering two fifths. The 49ers added a fourth and a fifth. Man, you're kicking yourself if you're the Rams right now. Think about how CMC on the Rams. He has Cooper Cup and CMC, two white receivers to throw to. Stafford's going to lose his mind. Yeah, 
and it, it's kind of wild because Rams have always been like fuck them picks, and it's like, well, now you fuck just missed out picks. on CMC because you didn't have them fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely coming back to bite them, and all of a sudden, are the 49ers like the favorite in that division over the Rams? Oh, they have to be at this point. The Rams haven't been good, I. and like the like the 40 i don't know if they're the betting favorite but i would have them as the top of the division like i thought that they were already the best team in the division early on in the year so fair enough well moving on to another trade that happened before we get into some predictions for trades jets agree to trade for jaguars rb james robinson they didn't get much they sent a sixth round pick kyle i don't understand how nfl drafts work as a hockey background guy the Leafs traded like a first round pick for 20 games of a third line player. Like it makes no sense to me that people are getting like good players for low picks, but that's just how the NFL works. So do you think that's a win for the Jags or jets or is it just like a neutral trade? I think it's a win for the jets because like realistically they lost Brees Hall for the season, which was a huge loss as he was like starting to just get more and more involved in the offense. The fact that they drafted Brees Hall should have told everyone that they don't have faith in Michael Carter to be the guy. Like, yes, he's a good complimentary back, but they don't have faith in him to be a third down back. So I think it works out really well for them. They only send a six, they get a really good young running back on a super cheap contract that they can either use as a rental or, potentially re-sign if they want to keep him around um i think it's really good for james robinson because he wasn't getting the opportunities in uh jacksonville with etn starting to break out so and i i think that robinson's at the end of his contract this year yeah he is so it's like coming off an acl so think, or something like that right acl he's got a lot to prove like you're an undrafted undrafted rookie coming off a major injury and you're suddenly going to see way less snaps behind ETN. So, like, now he has a chance to be lead back in New York on a winning team. Um, I don't understand why Jacksonville did this trade, though. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, unless Jacksonville, you know, really needs a sixth-round pick. But like I said, I don't understand the value of sixth-round picks, so maybe it makes sense. I mean, the Eagles just traded a fourth for the guy that set the Bears sack in the single season record last season. I got he's 32 and Robert Quinn, but only something in a fourth for that. That's got to be winning for the Eagles. It feels like the the teams getting the players are winning, but that's just because I don't understand what a fourth or a sixth round will be yet. I think the salary cap in the NFL is what makes the draft pick compensation so difficult to like grasp. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, for example, James Robinson if you're the Jags and you don't see yourself winning this year, maybe it just makes sense to get a pick because you know you're not going to go resign him um, and his contract's up at the end of the year. So they're just like, yeah, screw it. We'll take the sixth. It's what we can get. Uh, with Robert Quinn, it was like, I think they, he's on like a 15 mil per year contract. Um, he asked for a trade earlier in the year. They didn't trade him. He's been kind of rumored in trade talks for a while. And then Philly pulls the trigger, gets a, a boost to their pass rush for an aging vet that has a big contract. So I think that's why he didn't go for like a second rounder, just more so because of his, the amount that they have to pay him still. 
Yeah, and I get he's aging, and people hate anyone that starts with a three in their age in the NFL. Like, if you're 30 and up, you're just washed. But here's the thing. You're not that washed at 32. As, like, an athlete, he hasn't really suffered that many injuries, and I get it's the position. You lose one step, you're done. But with an Eagles defensive line that is built the way it is, he's only going to be playing, like, 30%, 40% of snaps. They'll be rotating him in and out. I love it for the Eagles, who just got way better. I I love it for both sides. I think that it's fair for both teams. I don't think that Quinn was sticking around probably after this year. So and the Bears don't want to win right now. No, no, they're like I mean they do against New England, but that's it. They don't want to win otherwise. (laughs) That's because they care about the league, and everyone should try to beat New England. They made what? a lot of new Bears fans, probably. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. What do you think of the Broncos? Because this is a team going into the year that mortgaged their future. They traded their two firsts for this year, next year, their second round pick for this year, next year for Russell Wilson. Fast forward to where we are now. We talk about Russell Wilson and the Broncos every single week, but are we going to see if they lose to the Jags in London? A, a trade are we gonna see jerry judy go another receiver in kj hamler they've been getting calls on bradley chubb who i thought was like a centerpiece of their defense what's going on with the broncos kyle do you think if they lose to jacksonville they might turn into sellers before the deadline on tuesday i think the key to that is if they lose to jacksonville um if they lose that game, like they're too far behind in the division to compete. And they gave up so much for Russ that like, it makes sense to maybe try to get some draft capital back. Kind of so, have to, eh? Yeah. You like, probably think, have to fire the coach have... too at that point, right? Absolutely. Like Monday is going to be a huge day for the Broncos if they lose to the Jags, because you're going to see Hackett get fired. You're going to see some players moved around. You're going to see a lot of changes in Denver. Um, I think that people are still going to have to overpay for players like Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy. So it just kind of depends how those teams view the talent. Um, I know that like someone like the Ravens probably wouldn't trade for those guys because it's going to likely involve a first round pick. Um, but someone like the Giants, where they're just having a Cinderella season, might be willing to to pay that premium price. Um yeah, I'm begging I mean, the Giants to make a mistake like that. Please yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the price tag, but there's a very good chance that the Dem- uh, the Broncos move KJ Hamler, and I think Chubb would also be well in that conversation if they lose uh, to the Jags. And the Jags always win in London, so like, yeah, I hope that the Broncos just set the world on fire on Monday. That's a good point. That's a good point. I want to talk about the russell wilson thing but we'll talk about it a little bit later in the pod (laughs) (laughs) we're on trade deadline right now and let's finish it off with some predictions or kind of possible trades that we could see or we want to see between you and me kyle in the future before tuesday let's start with kareem hunt the browns have been looking to offload this guy he's averaging 14 opportunities a game up until the last two weeks and in the last two weeks combined He's gotten 11. So here's the thing. He's not getting the ball for what reason? Because the Browns are trying to lose? No, it's because they're trying to keep this guy healthy and trade him. Where would you like to see him go? Where do you think he would do the best? What teams need him the most? 
I think he would do the best in either LA on the Rams or in Atlanta on the Falcons. Wow, the friggin' Falcons. That'd be funny, man. They all they want to do is run, right? So why not add another running back? I don't understand why they want to only run the ball, but we should have just seen this coming with Arthur Smith leaving Derrick Henry and yeah. going to Atlanta. Um, so he just I wouldn't brought be surprised with them. <laughs> only Pretty much. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just the running plays. So um, I don't understand what they're doing, but if history kind of repeats itself with the way that they're playing, they're going to want to run the ball and to go get someone like Kareem Hunt, who they only really have to pay this year if they can kind of move some cap and stuff around, maybe try to make a run in the NFC South. They're tied with the Bucks for the division lead right now, and that division just looks really weak as a whole. Um, there's a good chance that maybe they, they do. I think the more they have plenty reasonable... Of yeah, like they've got pieces to move around, and uh, the rumored trade value on Hunt is about a fourth-round pick. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe make that move, but I think the realistic... Uh, options are going to be either um, I would love to see him go to the Rams because I think it makes sense financially um, the Rams want to get rid of Cam Akers oh, they could realistically in the offense too yeah so it's like Kareem Hunt would instantly be their RB1 and give them another weapon on offense on an offense that's struggling and uh, they could package something with around Akers like if the Browns don't feel great about their RB depth behind Chubb, like Dearness Johnson's been good, but Jerome Ford's hurt. So I don't even know who their other RB is. So maybe Acres we see a like fifth? a hunt for acres. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities because wow. the Browns get a cheap um, former second round pick in acres as a, a quality backup and they get a, a pick back for Kareem hunt for a contender. So no shit, eh? Yeah, why not? You're yeah. kind of really talking me into it. As a guy that has yeah. Hunt and Acres on his fantasy team, I would love to have a switch for both those guys. Switch it up a little, see it, what happens. I, yeah, I think that that's a fantasy manager's dream. Well, well, let's finish the trade deadline talk. Who do you think the Ravens should go out and get? Clearly, the position of need is wide receiver, and on frankly, maybe even running back if they these injuries keep up what do you want ravens saying kyle for the ravens to do is elijah moore on the radar what's going on i would love to see them go out and trade for elijah moore um i don't think that they will just because they have a lot of young unproven uh like higher upside guys on the team so if they go out and acquire someone um as a Ravens fan that's been through many trade deadlines, it's typically going to be someone that can bring an immediate impact and that they're, they're pretty sure about. So as much as I'd love to see them go make a trade for a big name, like a DK Metcalf or scary Terry. um, I think that that ship has sailed. I don't think that they're going to pay the price for DJ Moore, but if the price on someone like Jerry Judy is reasonable, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. Um, Or I would, love to see them maybe even try to make a play on like michael pittman like if the colts think that they okay you know maybe are just giving up on the season they're putting ellinger in they don't have confidence in matt ryan maybe they have to look at retooling a bit so maybe they're open to moving pittman for uh, a decent price point so i think that that's 
that'd be exciting. Judy, man. Judy or Pittman would be super exciting. Um, but yeah, huge. That'd be huge. Well, the trade deadline by the next episode, we'll be talking about whatever did happen, but that's what we hope happens. And let's jump in Kyle to our first ever fantasy football mailbag. I posted on Instagram a story and a post asking for any start sit trade scenario questions, any fantasy football questions you really had for us. And let's go through them and answer a couple questions from the loose change listeners. Um, let's start here. Sam Palmer one asks, should I start James Robinson or Antonio Gibson this week? Um, I'll start with this. If your options are James Robinson and Antonio Gibson this week, you might want to trade for a running back going forward, (laughs) (laughs) but we're not worried about that. We're worried about this week. Kyle, who would you rather play James Robinson or Antonio Gibson? I think that if I had to pick one for this week, it'd be Gibson because they're at the Colts. They're not playing good run defense and Brian Robinson has been really inefficient with his touches as much as he's getting involved in the offense. He hasn't really been um, really good and like uh, effective usage and things like that. So I think that Gibson is more likely to get involved uh, whether it's through the return game, passing game, running game, might get uh, a goal line touch that becomes extra valuable. Whereas yeah. I don't trust James Robinson to be familiar with the offense by Sunday. We so, just like, saw CMC he, get traded and he did nothing. He he looked great for one quarter and then they took him out. And we're talking like CMC is one of the highest IQ football players in the NFL. That's a good point. Um James Robinson's an undrafted guy. Like, I mean, you don't want to question a guy's smarts or anything, but like there's players make it a uh, higher up draft boards because of their football IQ. Um, and I think that that's why CMC was such a high pick. And like, you just don't know how quickly someone like Robinson's going to pick up a completely different offense. So I think that uh, he's going to be a better player moving forward, but this week I'd move with Gibson. What so do you rest think? of season, James Robinson, this week, Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the floor is with Gibson. I, James Robinson could go in there and just take over Brees Hall's role. But like you said, if that's going to happen, I don't think it's week one on the team. It's probably week three or four on the team. So I think we're going Gibson with touchdown upside. Like he's been getting involved. Let's say commanders go down to the Colts Ellinger you know he's he's new he could be dominant let's say they go down he's going to be in the passing game let's say they're up he's going to be running the ball so I think you have about a six seven point floor with Gibson I think Gibson probably sees like 10 to 12 touches and he's been pretty pretty effective with the touches like every time he gets the ball you can tell that it's Gibson versus Robinson like he's pretty explosive so I don't think like a big player touchdowns out of the question Yeah, so Sam, go with Antonio Gibson. The Real Adil asks, love your name, The Real Adil. How successful can Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense without an approved offense line be? Meaning specifically, he leads on, are the wide receivers going to figure it out? 
they lead the league in wide receiver targets, but Mike Evans, Godwin, they haven't really been what we expect them to be during draft days way back in August. Do we think they're going to improve, Kyle? I'll start this off. I think that they're not going to improve enough to reach what we thought they were. Mike Evans was drafted as the wide receiver 10 and um, Godwin was drafted as the wide receiver 15. I don't know if they're both top 15 receivers at this point. I think they're absolutely both wide receiver twos, but I don't know about that wide receiver one upside anymore. I a hundred percent agree. You're definitely not getting what you invested into them back. Yeah. Um, I think that they will improve if there's one thing that history has shown us, it's that Brady always looks better down the stretch when he has to win football games. That's a good point. There's yeah. been a lot of miscues. Like if you go, I, I saw even just on red zone, like I was seeing Mike Evans drop like four or five, like catchable balls. And I think that there's something's not clicking in Tampa right now. I know that their offensive line has been a huge problem um they had a ton of injuries so brady's been under pressure a lot but he's still getting the ball out to players like mike evans and then they're dropping it yeah. <laughs> like hitting him in the hands and he's not catching the ball so that last one in carolina think, a free 65 yard touchdown that just hit his hands yeah it, like that was a walk-off touchdown i think it was 75 yards which makes it even worse oh boy <laughs> um but yeah so i i don't think you can count on those woes to continue happening with someone of brady's experience and he's he hasn't shown that he's physically starting to fail like you watch matt ryan and it's like he's really trying to throw the ball brady yeah. doesn't look like that yet so i think you just have to trust that he's going to turn it around so I don't. I agree. I don't think that they're wide receiver ones, but I think they'll both still get wide receiver two, like high end wide receiver two value moving forward. Yeah, I think that's fair. So the real deal, take that for what it's worth. Kuipers Kai asks, "Who's the number one handcuff in the league?" So across the league, there's a bunch of crazy good handcuffs. They're rostered in a lot of leagues, but if you were to have one on your bench. Let's say the starter goes down for injury. Who is jumping right in? Like, I thought Kenneth Walker would probably be the guy, but that already happened. So now, who is the best handcuff? A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon is the best handcuff. A.J. Dillon. Wow. Even with how Green Bay's been playing and running so far, and especially with how Dillon's been playing so far? They they just haven't been giving any opportunities to Dillon. Like, it's not to Dillon's fault, but um we've seen it in the past and i expect it could happen again like if aaron jones goes down and gets hurt uh or misses time for whatever reason aj Dillon immediately becomes an rb1 like you have no question marks about putting him in your lineup every week that's what i want in a, a handcuff that's why guys like madison and Dylan are so valuable because if that yeah. starter goes down like they're your rb1 moving forward like you don't even question it uh, whereas, you know, when Brees Hall went down, it was like, did you feel great about having Michael Carter? Probably okay. And then they You're go like, and they I'll trade flex for him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Packers aren't going to go trade for a running back if Jones goes down. Like exactly. Dylan's just getting the bulk. Um, and then Madison, I think is right there with him. I think both those are great. I think Tony Pollard is out of this conversation already because he is 
like a flex play a lot of the time already. So let's yeah. say Zeke goes down to injury. Tony Pollard, I think, is the answer, but he's already there, so I won't treat him as a handcuff. I think the best handcuff to have in the league is basically any team in the NFC North. You mentioned Madison. You mentioned Dylan. Those those guys would be great. But also, like, Khalil Herbert, I think he's yeah. a fantastic runner. He looks really good when you watch him play. If David Montgomery somehow gets traded by Monday or let's say the Bears start to lose, Montgomery's a free agent. They just start handing the ball off to Herbert more. I mean, Herbert had 50% of the runs last week. I think he is opportunity away from being an RB1. Not talent, not scheme, anything else. You just give him the opportunities and he's right there with everyone else. Yeah. Also, Jamal Williams. He's great too. But if you grab an NFC North backup, in, just in case of injury, you have an RB1. If we're talking like handcuff today, I would probably say Kareem Hunt has to be way up there just because I fully expect him to get traded and become a starter wherever he gets traded to. Like He's no team's going and trading for, for Kareem sure. Hunt as a as a RB2. Like they're trading for him to be the guy. So I think that he's becomes a valuable starter. And if you want to talk like a talent, if you want to talk talent at running back, I think Kareem Hunt is a top 15 running back in the league. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, if it was up there, if it wasn't for all the like legal stuff going on when he was with Kansas city, like we'd be looking at Kareem Hunt, like a Dalvin cook as he's just behind Nick Chubb, who also happens to be one of the best runners in the league. Yeah, honestly. So there's a bunch of great handcuffs. And as a fantasy just rule for me in general, if you have a wide receiver four, a wide receiver five on your bench, I think you ought to go out looking to trade him for an RB handcuff. Because no matter what, those wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours are going to be able to be found on waivers or replacements close to them. You will not be finding starting running backs on waivers. And that's what those handcuffs are. They're one injury away. You don't like playing for injuries, but this is what fantasy football is. Injuries happen. I think go yeah. out and try and trade your bench players for anyone's, anyone's handcuff, not just yours, anyone's handcuff. Yeah, 100%. Like these high, va- high value handcuffs that are probably not sniffing your starting lineup week in, week out, just become insanely valuable if um if the starter goes down so you might even be able to flip them and get way more value like you're not ever going to be able to flip that bench wide receiver for great value but if the starter goes down you might be able to flip you know if if cook goes down for the year yeah do you and you have madison on your bench like what kind of return are you getting from madison i think that's a great point kyle because i'll i'll show you an example last year CMC gets hurt like week one, week two. I had Chubba Hubbard because I drafted like the backup running back. Mm -hmm. I traded him for Jalen Waddle in like the first week of last year. And look how that turned out for me. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember I had Chuba as well and traded him for like a second round pick. I was like, easy money. Get those NFC North handcuffs. So our last mailbag question comes from actually, uh, a loose change host on the hockey podcast, Braden. Braden asks, he's a 49ers fan, clearly. He asks, who's cuter, Nick Bosa 
or Debo Samuel? For me, I think Debo is a way better smile. Um, I I like the smaller guy, and Debo Debo has a little bit less weight on him. So I'm gonna go with Debo as the cuter of the two. Kyle, heartbreaking analysis. What do you think? Um, I yeah, I, I have to go with Nick Bosa for sure. <laughs> this is he's a, he's a handsome dude. Like, there's just no denying it. Um, his muscles glisten when he's <laughs> out there on the field. So, and like, I mean, his sellies are untouched. So do with that what you will, Brayden. I hope that we get featured on your love corner next week. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we will, we will have to see that's time. will tell with that one. Who's, who's yeah. more right. And that does it for our fantasy mailbag. First ever edition. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. Um, we'll, not be doing this every week but we will be doing this as a recurring segment so maybe in future weeks be sure to check out our instagram so you can you know leave your questions for us before the fantasy football yeah. trade deadline in about a month and i'll just say like i mean if you have lineup questions or trade questions dm us anyways like we'll, we'll yeah. get back to you it might not be on the pod but you know we're gonna give you our best analysis whenever we can and we love to hear from you guys so Listen, Kyle is one of the best fantasy players I know. In my four <laughs> leagues this year, I am I have a winning record in all of them, and I'm 7-0-1. So if you want to ask fantasy advice, you've come to the right podcast. For sure. And if you started the Saints D last week, that wasn't me. Okay, so let's do that. Let's get into this. <laughs> I had Arizona versus the saints as the Thursday night game. And I was trying to decide which defense should I start? I had Arizona on my team. For those that don't know, Kyle last week was insistent that the saints were his defensive play of the week. So I go ahead and I drop Arizona for the saints defense. Kyle lets me know halfway through the game that he heard <laughs> the commentators before the game, 10 minutes before the game, mentioned that the cornerbacks are both out for New Orleans and you should not be playing the Saints to you. Watch out for a lot of offense with Cardinals and doesn't message me. So I'm left here playing a Saints D that finishes with two points, watching Thursday Night Football with the Cardinals scoring two separate touchdowns. So for listeners, I... never listen to fantasy's Cal defense or Cal's fantasy defense start ever again. So I... I pivoted and started the cards defense. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that was like, I felt so much better after that. Um, I felt awful for you. Yeah. But I lost that week by I, 15 points. Yeah. Cardinals scored 17, Saints scored one. So you tell me what happened. Yeah. Take everything uh, that we say on here um, with your own analysis, right? Like, <laughs> I'll just say for. <laughs> Um, people like Tyler that just blindly followed my advice. Um, if you're like, like, if you hear something, like if you're starting the Saints D and like the top two corners are out and then you watch a highlight reel of Tyron Matthew missing like three easy tackles, like don't go start that defense. <laughs> like, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't know realize that the that they were dealing were with the injuries. So yeah. that's, that's why I pivoted. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we're shooting this on a Wednesday night. So if if there's injuries that you could get an account for, um, send us a message. Yeah, injuries uh, injuries are tough for us because we do record on Wednesdays, and you don't really know about injuries till Friday with the NFL with all their practice report. Yeah. But exactly, whatever. Let's move in to our fantasy starts <laughs> of the week. Kyle, here we go again. Do you have a defense? 
<laughs> tell me you have uh, a defense right I could give you a defense. I don't have one. Go sitting find here Kyle's ready defense of the week. It's kind of funny at this point. But okay, tell me wide receiver, running back, tight end, even quarterback. Do you have any starts of the week this week? Players that need to be in your fantasy lineup. So we kind of touched on it earlier, but I would be starting Michael Carter this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have yeah. Michael Carter rostered, he there's you don't know what this backfield's going to look like in future weeks this with is the week to Robinson play him. there. This is the week that you get to play him. He's been taking up a spot on your bench every week if you have him rostered. Uh, if you went and acquired him off waivers, you probably spent a pretty penny to do so. Uh, so this is the week that you get him in your lineup. He's playing against the uh, Patriots defense this week who looked abysmal against uh, Cleo Herbert and David Montgomery last week. They were getting chunk play after chunk play on the ground. Yeah. Um, and the Patriots offense is struggling. So if the Jets get ahead in this game, they're going to run the ball. And I think Michael Carter has um, an RB2, high-end RB2, maybe even breaks that RB1 threshold this week. Really, eh? Wow. Yeah, like he's going to see the bulk of carries. Like Unless you expect Ty Johnson to be really involved. Like I said before, I don't think James Robinson is going to be seeing more than eight touches in this game if he's involved Jeez. at all. Oh, I like that. I like that pick for sure. For me, I think my start of the week at wide receiver is someone that kind of has been discounted all week. In my one league, I've seen him traded three, four times, and that's DJ Moore. There's not many Panthers left to get the ball. Certainly, no. he's the only talented one left. They traded CMC. Robbie Anderson had a little shit fit, and he's gone. They have to give the ball to somebody. He's got the fifth most targets in a in a five year in the first five years of an nfl career ever like this guy gets targets he gets opportunities and i think he's legit talented pj walker is quarterback now and he's legit better than baker and darnold someone's gonna be catching the ball i think dj moore should be in your lineup this week they're playing the falcons so that's gonna be a good matchup and moving forward i think he's a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside honestly try and go trade for him if you can get him on the low yeah like i really agree with that like there's definitely dj moore managers out there that saw he had a reasonable week and are trying to offload him because he's just been burning exactly all week or all year, sorry. So you can probably get DJ Moore pretty cheap right now. Um, I agree that this is going to be a a big uh, decider for him. Like if it's someone that you trust moving forward uh, and prove if last week was a fluke or not. But like all the signs point to DJ Moore being a reasonable fantasy start moving forward. If PJ Walker stays the starter, he looked promising. They don't have any mouths to feed now. So DJ Moore is going to get forced fed the ball. And like this week in particular, the Falcons are down AJ Terrell. I'm pretty sure like he got hurt on Sunday. Um, I can't really say I've looked into the um, injury reports for the Falcons, but if he's out, like they don't have someone that can cover DJ Moore one-on-one. Yeah, that's a great point. And at this point with the new coach, like they're, they're kind of playing hard. Like they took it to Tampa Bay. So it's the NFL. Any team can win on any given week. Every team's going to get yards. DJ Moore's going to get most of them for the Panthers now. Yeah. He's so, definitely got a flex. Did you find a defense? <laughs> <laughs> My defense. Right now. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I want to hear yours first. 
my defense of the week is the Indianapolis Colts. They're playing Ooh, Taylor Heineke. Stinky. They're playing Taylor <laughs> Heineke. Here's the thing. And they're on the waiver. Like, I can tell you right now, you can go pick up the Indianapolis Colts. They're not Absolutely. on teams. And if you need a spot start, like I'm in a 14-team league and my defense is on bye this week. So I'm looking at the Colts and I'm thinking to myself, you're playing Taylor Heineke, who's good for a turnover every single game. I'm just taking the turnover upside. And you got Ellinger at quarterback. You know what I mean? Like a new starting quarterback. I think this might just rejuvenate the team. And the defense especially should know that you have to come hard if you're going to be playing yeah. a rookie quarterback. So I think they're going to make it easy for them. I think Ellinger's going to look great. And the Colts defense is my play of the week. This is very okay. Saints defense risk, though. We could easily see yes. a one-pointer from these guys. But I like the upside. It's, it's definitely possible that it could go either way. Um, uh, so my start of the week would be the Eagles against the Steelers. Oh, yeah, they've for been, sure. Easily. Um, so, like, they've been a top defense, so it's unlikely that they're out there. But the Eagles are also coming off by. Yeah, so true. there's a chance that someone had to drop them to make a roster spot. Maybe they didn't want to drop a player. Um to pick up another defense last week. So if you're starting defenses, the Eagles might be out there. So I would at least look for them. Um, I would spend my... fab. I would spend like 10% fab Absolutely. on the Eagles defense at least. They're going to have a great week and they've been amazing. And now they're past their buys. So you can just ride them out for most of the year. Um, that would be my like a uh, true start of the week. But if you're going for a deeper dive pick, I would be taking the Jaguars defense against the Broncos in London. Um, the yeah. Broncos have struggled to put up points every game. The Jaguars typically look really good in London. Um, wow. The time change doesn't typically bode well for offenses. And the Jaguars defense has shined at times. Like They have a lot of really good young playmakers and they're playing good football. So I think that there's a chance that they just, have better time of possession and keep it as a low scoring game. I really like your pick. I think your pick's better than mine. Um, Jags versus Denver in London, which is basically a Jags home game at this point. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that's like, a great play. It's like an even better Jags home game. Like they just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like the Jaguars are doing a ton of knee London. stretches on the plane and they're ready. Dude. Okay. So that, that does it for fantasy <laughs> starts of the week. I, I have another start of the week. Okay. Okay. We, we... I want to jump into the Russell Wilson thing so badly. But yeah, we'll jump let me hear that. your start of the week, Kyle. Your last one. So my last start of the week is Rashad Bateman against the Bucks tomorrow night. Um, and a lot of this comes off the injury news. So again, it's something you want to pay attention to, but because this is a Thursday night game, we already know pretty much what players are going to be out and the Bucks are missing their top corner in Carlton Davis. Uh, they're missing Antoine Winfield and I think two other DBs. So like they're four of their six starting DBs are out. Oh, the shit. Ravens offense needs a get right game. Bateman um, was coming off of a foot injury last week. So he wasn't as involved as he probably should have been. But this week, I think he's going to be fully involved. He's going to come out attacking the uh, Bucks run defense is good. So expect the Ravens to pass. Um, and I think that, you know, like a five for 80 and a touchdown is not out of the realm of possibilities for Bateman. Bateman's a real buy low for me right now. I think he Absolutely. could easily be a wide receiver one. 
for sure. And you can probably get them pretty cheap in like a dynasty league right now. People are worried about the Ravens receivers, but they always seem to do pretty good. So yeah, I think there's a market deficiency yeah. there. Go out and trade for him. Not Duvernay, but Bateman. So that does it for our fantasy starts of the week. And we'll dive right in to our last segment of the day, which is going to be our quick picks. We haven't done this in a few weeks, Kyle. Let's go through every single game of the week and give our quick picks on it. Let's start with a Thursday night game. Baltimore Ravens. over the Bucks. Obviously, this is a pro Baltimore anti Tom Brady podcast. Yes, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, the Ravens need to get right game. And yeah, I'm go. hoping that this is it. This so is here it. We go. The Broncos, as we alluded to, are going to <laughs> the Jaguar or going to England to play the Jaguars. And Russell Wilson on his eight hour flight, Kyle, he reportedly. And by the way, he made sure reporters knew because reporters don't go on the plane. He left the no plane. No teammates told. No. Someone told a reporter, probably Russell Wilson, that Russell Wilson was working out for four of the eight hours while all his teammates were sleeping. He mentions that he's doing work while his teammates are sleeping. And what kind of work, you ask? Those high fucking knees. He's throwing his knees up high in an aisle. Well, everyone's trying to get some shut-eye. If this happened in a public plane, that person would be arrested and, like, taken out of society. <laughs> but it's Russell oh. Wilson. The guy's feeling dangerous. I fucking love the Jags over the Broncos this week. I hope Wilson plays. If Wilson plays, I I feel better about the Jags. Yeah. And I totally forgot that Russ is dealing with the hamstring injury. That makes the Jags defense so much better. <laughs> He's stretching but, uh, it out in the plane for long. I get it. You want to stretch, but the high knees is where I draw the line as a teammate. <laughs> yeah. Can't be looking Jags over seeing that guy. Yeah. Jags, Jags by, by 15. <laughs> That's the London game. I love having London games. Waking up right in the morning, go have a little Full game on football. right into the one o'clock hour where we get to see Arizona take on Minnesota in Minnesota Vikings favored by three and a half. I like the Vikings to take care of business here, but I don't feel confident as I would because the Cardinals looked fucking great against the saints. Their offense might be figured out, but I like the Vikings in a very close game An defensive shootout over 49. I like the over. Yeah, um, I, I would go Vikings here too. I think that the Cardinals had a fluky week against a bad defense that was missing a lot of playmakers. Uh, Hopkins makes the offense better, but I think the Vikings are playing really good football right now. So I would take them here. But I do agree on the over. I think it could be a, a high-scoring game. I agree with you there. Yep, let's do it. Put the over on. Put the Vikings on. Make a little money. Panthers, Falcons. I'll take the Panthers as 4.5-point underdogs. The, you're sorry. You said you're taking the Panthers as the I underdogs. Yeah. I'm gonna take. I would take Falcons. I just don't like Smith and the whole running. No matter what, I love the fact that the Panthers destroyed the Bucks. So I'm riding high. Here we go. Bears, Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by nine and a half points here. Holy shit! I guess it is line, the Bears, honestly. but I think Cowboys win, but Bears cover. Yeah, I agree with you there. I was shocked when I saw the nine and a half line on that because, like, the Bears had what I would consider to be a statement win. Like, Fields looks so much more comfortable now. Fields looked actually good, eh, Kyle? Like, we've been shitting on him his entire good. NFL career, but he looked good. 
yeah, he's starting to put it together. And I think he's starting to think like an NFL quarterback and um, they they've diversified their playbook a little bit better. So I still think the Cowboys win this one, but like definitely don't think it's going to be a 10 point game. Like the bears should be lose by maybe three. Yeah, I think honestly, I might take Cowboys to win by single digits. I know it's a weird bet and it's it's hard to watch because you're like cheering for a team to win, but not to lose or like not to win by too much. It is weird, but I like that bet. I think I like the Cowboys to cover or to win, but not cover Raiders at Saints. Saints are favored or Saints are underdogs by a point. Very close game in New Orleans. I like the Raiders here. I like the Raiders here, too. Dolphins, Lions, Lions, three and a half underdogs at home to his back, baby. Let's go Miami. Yeah, I've tried my time on the Lions train and I've gotten burned every time. <laughs> I've probably called them to win like four games this year. <laughs> You've got they have not done by that. Them. They lost so, me Survivor. Fuck the Lions. Go yeah. Dolphins. They did. They cost me Survivor. Patriots, Jets. Are the Patriots coming back? They're two and a half point favorites, but the Jets look good. I, I think Jets. I've made it clear that I will not pick the Patriots in any game except for the Bears, and the Bears fucking beat them. So, yeah. J-E-E-S. Jets. Jets. <laughs> Eagles, Steelers. Eagles favored by 10.5 points. Here's where I get worried, Kyle. Lane Johnson is the most impactful player to Eagles winning percentage, if you look at stats. When he's in, he's they are literally a 680 team. Like they win a lot. When he's out, they are literally like a 30% rate of winning. They they suck. He's in concussion protocol still after their bye week. Makes me a little worried. If they're missing Lane Johnson, I love the Steelers to cover here. I think it'll be a closer game than people realize. Um, but the Eagles aren't losing their undefeated season to Kenny Pickett. So Eagles win. Watch out for Lane Johnson, though. I could see some pressure hitting Hurts this week. Um, I don't know what TJ Watt's status is, but if Lane He's Johnson's activated out activated off IR, dude, so I'm worried about that, too. Oof. Yeah, so if TJ Watt comes back and he's manning that left side without Lane Johnson at right tackle, that makes this a way more interesting game. Pretty much guarantee a forced fumble for Pittsburgh if that's happening. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't imagine... Like, I mean, any given Sunday, but the Eagles shouldn't lose to the Steelers, giving up their undefeated season. For Plus sure. they're coming off a bye. I'm surprised about this next game. Transitioning to the 4 o'clock uh, hour, the Titans at Texans. What do you think the spread is, Kyle? If I were to tell you... Titans at Texans. What do you think the spread would be? Four points is what I would guess, but I know what right? the line is. Okay, that's what. Sorry, <laughs> you know. Well, here we go. Yeah. I would have guessed four or five points for the Titans. They're only favored by two. Why? Do you know why? Like, are the Texans getting respect here for any good reason? I think it's just that the Texans are at home. Yeah, I guess. I guess they really just don't like, like the Titans. Yeah, well, I can Tannehill's kind of banged up, eh? Tannehill's banged up. Yeah. That could be a big part of it. That could be a big factor. Um, the Texans haven't looked that bad. Like, they're, they're definitely bad. But I think that at home, um, they're Houston strong, and you typically get, like, a one- to two-point 
um, spread shift for the home team. So you taking the home team? No, I'm taking the Titans in this. Okay, one. I'm right there with you. I like the Titans yeah. too. I love Houston's quarterback, but he's just not the guy. You know, I I worry that yeah. they're gonna win too much with him and go into next year not drafting another quarterback and such a quarterback heavy draft. I think the Texans should use this guy as a fill gap, but we'll see. Giants at Seahawks. Seahawks favored by three points against the six and one New York Giants. Where is the respect here, Kyle? I get the Seahawks. I get they're at home, so there's like two points right there, at least yeah. for Seattle. How are the Giants gonna pull off this week? Huh? Are they gonna do it too? Are they gonna do this week? Go I, like, I, I think I think like they have to. Like this is one of the matchups where I was like, this is one of those winnable games for them. And they're starting to get a little healthier. Like Wandale Robinson got a lot more involved last week. So like Seattle's defense isn't getting it done. Yeah, they have played really well, but I like I think you have to take the Giants here. I would at the very least take the Giants spread. Um, but I, I pick three. the Giants. Yeah. yeah. I'm going with the Seahawks. And here's the reason is because this season's been so fucked up, you know? Like yeah, it's been fucked. How this is the only matchup that we've talked about where both teams have a winning record. Huh? <laughs> I saw that stat as like this is the only game all week. Seahawks and Giants. So for like, that reason, I'm going Seahawks. Home. Yeah, there's no way, right? Yeah, so I'm going Seahawks. There's no way the Giants go to seven and one. And also, I like Geno Smith might be the MVP, as people have been touting on online, which is crazy, that but he's actually that know. guy. He's better than Russell Wilson, actually. It's crazy. 49ers at Rams. This is a hell of a game right here. I think my number one pick is CMC touchdown. Just because the Rams yeah. wanted to trade for him so badly. I'm taking CMC. <laughs> Just the ultimate fuck you. Exactly, <laughs> the ultimate fuck you. I think 49ers have owned Sean McVay's lunch, too, the whole time that Shanahan's been there. I'm going 49ers on the road in what's usually not even a road game for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers here too. Like we've already seen this matchup a couple weeks ago and the 49ers stomped the Rams. So I don't expect any major changes uh, to, to even this out. Like the, the 49ers should win and cover. Sam Ellinger or Taylor Heineke in the commander's matchup. I'm going Ellinger, baby. Let's go. Go Colts. I'm going Packers, Packers Bills Sunday night. 11 and a half point favorites are the Bills. I'm not even going to ask you who wins because we're both on the Bills, but do you think the Packers cover 11 points? Aaron Rodgers has never been a double uh, digit underdog in his life. Not once. <laughs> um, not once in his entire NFL career. <laughs> uh, like they've got to figure it out at some point, right? Yeah, you'd like, think I don't, so. I don't, it's the Packers, right? Like, I think our I think entire lives they've been good. I think they cover. Like, yes, I I don't think that the Packers can come out with a win in this game, but they should cover the spread. Like eleven and a half. Like that's the you have the really shitty underperforming Steelers playing against the Eagles, and it's a ten and a half line versus like the Packers Bills is eleven and a half. Like, yeah. 
you got to ha- you would have to have more faith in the Packers than the Steelers, right? I I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I also watched the last two Packers games and they've been horrendous offensively and their defense cannot stop the run. The good thing is the Bills don't run. So, I think yeah. the Bills could mess up and like just throw too much against a team that just allows you to run the ball. But that's kind of what you want the Bills to do too is just th- run the ball because then you're not getting burnt by digs every play. Uh, yeah. I think the Bills cover. I'm that on really? the Bills wagon. Yeah, they they're really good, man. I I think this could be a a turning moment for the Green Bay Packers franchise in general. I think Aaron Rodgers is done after this season and the season might be lost after this week if Vikings win, Packers lose. So, let's end it on a bang. Bills 50, Packers 10. Wow. Browns Bengals last the game. The Bills off. <laughs> what do you think? Browns Bengals. Bengals three and a half point favorites. I think it's the Bengals here I, for sure. Yeah, I got to go Bengals here too. They're not very different this week. The Browns, like it, they just haven't really looked great. And the Bengals seem like they're starting to find their groove. Like Joey B just went off last week. The week before he was having, he had a great game with Jamar Chase. Like I just, they're starting to find that offensive groove. We saw get them to the Super Bowl last year. So I, think I feel like they're a, telling Burrow to pass again because they were run heavy to start last year too. They started to light the lamp. They put him back in shotgun yeah. like he did in college and just kills everybody. He's doing it in the yeah. NFL too. Keep, keep doing that. It's not going to stop working. No, for sure. They just got to keep doing what they're doing. All right. So that does it for quick picks and that does it for the episode. Kyle, it was a great epi. Thank you so much for joining me. No worries, man. Is there any... Um bets you want to go through for the day i've been kind of eyeing up some of these lines and i have a parlay for the listeners out there loose change lock of the week loose change lock of the week lay it so, on me my uh, guy i'm going jags money line okay you with me on that one oh, absolutely loose change sign okay. of approval i'm going giants plus three Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm going. Where is it here? And I'm going 49ers to cover the one and a half. I like that. I like that. Let's just skip the one o'clock hour and worry about nine and four thirty. So yeah. a ten dollar bet would win you fifty two fifty. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. That is our loose change lock of the week. So, Kyle, did I tell you that my wife is furious at the next door neighbor? She's apparently sunbathing topless in her backyard all the time. So she's super mad about it. Personally, I'm on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come on. Come on.